Here we are once again. It's the Midnight Blue and Gold Launchpad Podcast. I'm Rocket Ryan Brandt. And I am PJ Spiller, a.k.a. Pat Jillick. And I am Zach from the Mac Powhida. Coming to us on location from Louisville, Kentucky, or as they say down there, Louisville. You got to yeah. act like you got molasses in your mouth. I did get yelled at for saying Louisville. The dude was like, no, it's Louisville. I'm like, all right. Yeah, cool. Louisville. And you yeah. got you to gotta have a little phlegm in the back of your throat when you say it, too. You know, <laughs> and the thing that's crazy is that the rest of the world calls it Louisville on national television, everything like that. But down there, it's Louisville, V-U-L. So, yeah, Zach is away on a little business trip. I'm thankful that he was able to join us tonight. And we're going to recap the uh, UT big victory over the Kent State Golden Flashes. Get a little bit into uh, who our midpoint of the season players of the year are. And then we're going to wrap it up with a little preview of Buffalo and Toledo on this Saturday. Well, what, what a game that was. Talk about a day of emotions for us Rockets fans. I mean, to go in and go down 21 nothing, come back and score, and it's 28-7, we're thinking, let's head back out to the bus. You know, the yeah. beer and the whiskey will never let us uh, down. But uh, we stuck it out. He's, you know, Zach, I think, said we got him right where we uh, wanted. I think that did come out of my mouth at least 10 times. <laughs> but there was a lot of talk, you know, towards the midpoint of the first quarter. Like, hey, the bus is pretty warm. It's kind of windy out here. Might, might, might just vacate out to the bus. But thank God we stuck around because I think once uh, Daquan Finn had that nice 27-yard run uh, midway through the, th- the first quarter to get us on the board to start the scoring off was a turning point. I think there was a lot of – from what I've heard, there was a lot of uh, – uh, depression on the sidelines in, in Toledo. How about consternation and gnashing of teeth? Yes, and I, I don't think it was a great atmosphere on the sideline in Toledo until that that score came. And, and from what I've what I've found out from sources, is he turned around to the offense after scoring that touchdown and said, we got this. We're going to win this game. That's pretty cool to say. You know, that's like a, all right, I'm taking it over. Aspire. Let's gonna, do it. Let's do it. So, yeah, to come back and win 52-31 in front of a decent crowd, a little over 19,000 people, including the three of us. And, uh, yeah, just just a great game. And, and of course, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Daquan Finn, six touchdown passes, ties a school record. He's responsible for seven, which set a school record. So that six touchdown passes, one running. Talk about a great day. He was adequate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But no, he he had a great game, and once again, all the talk after the game was, "Where's this guy going next year? Where's this guy going next year?" And he, people even brought it up in the post game conference, post game press conference with Candle, and said, "Hey, why isn't this guy playing for for a better team? You know, who's he going to go to next year? What what Big Ten team is going to have him?" And from the way it sounded, and from the way Finn and Candle both responded, he sat. Yeah, he's good um, with Toledo. You know, those teams didn't want him when he's coming out of high school. Dave Briggs, a columnist for the Toledo Blade, wrote a great column today talking about that very same subject. And you know, DQ, give him credit. He said only two schools recruited me out of high school, even though I was Michigan Mister Football, and that was Central Michigan and UT. And he picked UT, and we're so glad to have him. So, um, of course, you know, Jerwan Newton, what another nice game by him. Yeah. Mikel Barkley, the transfer from. TCU had his coming out party with a couple of touchdown Two snags. touchdowns. So, yeah, it was a great overall game. Defense got tough when it needed to. 
And uh, we're now undefeated in the MAC, setting up a big showdown this week with Buffalo. Well, one of the things that I saw in that game against Kent State was, you know, we got down 21 nothing really early. But only one of those touchdowns was really the defense's fault. Uh, they just didn't look good on, on giving up, a, a, uh, I think it was like, like a 35-yard drive after the opening long kickoff. So I think special teams and the offense turning the ball over on, on the second or third drive, uh, you know, paved the way for the defense to rally and come back. So, I mean, you know, I think I'm still very impressed with this defense, and the offense is finally catching up. So I think, you know, there's been a lot of, uh, <clears throat> I guess you could say a little doubt on my on my perception with this team until this week. You know, the fact that they were able to come back from 21 down, finish a game, and finish it strong, and put up, you know, that many points, and get out of town with with a great win. I think this was a turning point. Uh, but like you said, this Saturday in Buffalo is going to be even more of a bellwether game for these guys. And that's the second time in this week you've used that word, and I'm impressed every time you say it. I get chills. Uh, maybe we should just change the name of the podcast to Bellwether. <laughs> <laughs> we, nobody would know what it means. I still got to exactly. look it up. Exactly. So moving on, we uh, last week the Toledo Blade did their midway point of the season players of the year so far for the Rockets. Now, they said midway point because six games, you know, play 12 games in a regular season. Six is legitimately the halfway point. But what I'm looking at is we're going to the MAC championship. We're going to a bowl game. There's 14 games. So we're seven games in. We're five and two. Let's go ahead. And what we're going to do, just to make things interesting, make it kind of a discussion here, is uh, we're going to, each one of us is going to name our player of the year, but it has to be a different player. So we're going to do offense, defense, special teams. We're going to start it off by age. So oldest to middle to youngest. And Zach is the by far the youngest. Let's put it that way. No question. Pat's just a couple years older than me. So, And then we're going to do it in inverse order. Then Zach is going to do defense, and then I'll do it, and then so on. So And so on and so on. And so, so forth. So, hey, let's let's get her cranking here, Pat. Uh, right. Your offensive player of the year at the halfway point. I don't think there's any question in my mind or anybody else's mind who's the most important person on this offensive team, and that would be Daquan Finn. Leading uh, the MAC in passer rating is one fifty. He has a one fifty seven point fifty seven rating. He's completing sixty two percent of his passes, fourteen hundred yards, seventeen touchdowns, and only five picks. The guy is seeing the field better than any player that I've seen probably since. Bruce Gajkowski. I mean, I think he's seeing the field better than Woodside. Yeah. I mean, he's he's got a different set of talents, uh, set of talents. Uh, he uses his legs, obviously, quite a bit, as he is also the leading rusher on the team with 71 carries for 526 yards, averaging 6.4 yards a carry. Six touchdowns, has a 38-yarder for his long on the season. He's averaging about 65 yards a game, which – doesn't say a lot about our running game, but that's coming around as well with Jacquez Stewart and Penny Boone getting some action in the last game or two. So I think head and shoulders above anyone on the UT Rockets is Daquan Finn on offense for well, me. Yeah, you'd have to pick that, and that's I, I know that's who I would pick if I were allowed in this game. Who made up these rules anyway? I don't know. I think it was some guy named Ryan Brandt. I've never heard of him. Yeah. Anyway, so it's my turn now, uh, and I'm going to go with a guy who um, – 
has really been turning it on here ever since Demir Blankensy went down with an injury, and that would be Jerwan Newton. Right now, he leads the team with six touchdown catches, having a great year, averaging 20.2 yards per reception, 23 catches, 465 yards. He had a long of 43, including two touchdowns in that win over Kent State. Newton, just a, a great athlete, made, made a couple of beautiful catches in that game, and uh, that's who I'm going with. Now let's turn it over to Zach. Yeah. Well, let me just say one more thing okay. about Jerwan. He he kind of came out of nowhere this year. He had a few catches last year mm-hmm. and, and didn't have a, a horrible season, but he's definitely come into his own, and I think he's going to be the leader for this receiving crew, this young receiving crew, and that's nice to see. I, I think we were looking a little bit earlier and, and saw that the transfers that left UT from the receiving group, uh, Matt Landers and Isaiah Winstead. Isaiah Winstead down in uh, East Carolina and Arkansas, respectively, are having great years. Uh, can you imagine if that wide receiver room was still had those two guys? That'd be incredible. Being in, in a completely different team, probably. I think we got to bring in a little running back action. You know, I'm, I'm not – this isn't my personal guy. I got an honorable mention. I love Penny Boone, man. You give him the ball third down and short. That guy's a boom ball. He's coming through. But – you got to get the Jack West Stewart out there laying the hammer down. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but 6.9 yards per average in the conference, 354 yards total rushing, three touchdowns. I mean, the guy is a solid rock. He is coming through for us on every carry, even though maybe there's not always a hole, he makes a hole. And um, I think he's a role player, and I think he really he, he, he does his role well. He makes sure that that ball goes downfield. I mean, yeah, he's a young guy, too. He's only a sophomore. Uh, he's had big games, uh, and then he's, he, you know, he obviously struggled against Ohio state. Uh, but then again, he turned around against central Michigan and put up a buck 22, scored a touchdown, had a couple of receptions. So he, nice pick on the, uh, I think he's a great, a great athlete. Um, I think there's a lot more inside of him that we're going to see in the next, next couple games, next couple years. Um, if he sticks with, sticks it out with UT. So I, I got to give it to Chuck Stewart on that. Good call. All right. Now let's switch to the defensive side, Zach, and you get the first pick of your halfway point UT Rockets defensive MVP. I would love to give it to Dallas Gantt. I would, but I'm not. Because if this other guy that I'm going to give it to wasn't there, Dallas Gantt wouldn't be the guy making the tackle. I got to give it to to Jamal Hines. The guy is just a force to be reckoned with on the defensive line. He's an outstanding character, outstanding player. And he is a difference maker. I think without him on that that defensive front, I don't think we're going to see the same um, tackles out of Dallas Gantt. So I got to give it to Hines. Yes, he's definitely a great player. Uh, four sacks this year. Uh, I'm sorry, two sacks this year. Four tackles for losses. Twenty five total tackles. But uh, you know he, he sees a lot of you know double teams. People are keying on him, and uh, I think he, this is a guy who's going to be playing on Sundays in the not too distant future. Oh, for sure. And I mean, he he's a decent sized linebacker, six three two fifty. Uh, and one of the stats that sticks out for me with him is the fact he's got four pass breakups and four quarterback hits. So he can drop back in coverage, he can break up the passes, and he can get in the backfield and cause havoc. Him coming off the edge sometimes, man. And when he comes off that edge, if, if you watch him, I mean, he he gets double teamed a lot because he is a force to be reckoned with on that edge. Yeah, he's been around for four years. Everybody in the MAC knows who he is, so they're gonna they're gonna tag team him. I think All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
No, I was just gonna say I think he I think he's one of the guys that makes a large impact. Without him, I think uh, things wouldn't go. So I we're not gonna argue with you, buddy. That's for sure. So my pick would be number one, Deswan Johnson. So far this year, leading the team in sacks, he has one and a half for four yards, but he's also leading the team. I'm sorry, he doesn't leave the team in sacks. That's my bad. Leads the team in tackles for loss, seven and a half for 20 yards, 36 total tackles. And this guy is just a wrecking machine. Uh, 6'3", 275 out of Detroit, East English Village Prep. Easy for me to say. Senior and another guy that you're going to be seeing along with Hines playing on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, he he's a solid pick. Uh, you, you can't ask for anything more than than what this guy's doing. And I think the cohesiveness of that whole defensive line and linebacker crew is the strength of this defense. Uh, we have some defensive backs that are, you know, needed to be replaced this year, and the young guys have stepped up and done a great job, which leads me to my honorable mention pick uh, for my defensive player of the year, which would be Quinion Mitchell. Had Great the, kit. Great pick. Yeah. had the, Well, he's my honorable mention. He had, the, he had the one big game. He had four interceptions uh, in two for pick sixes. Uh, and, and a hell of a game. Hell of a game. At Northern Illinois, the big win. Yeah, yep. Hell of a game for that guy. Uh, so I think, you know, he and Nate Bauer and Max and Hooks are, are trying to shore up that defensive backfield and doing some good things. Uh, I think that's our probably our, our largest weakness right now on the defense is that defensive backfield, but we're moving in the right direction. That's all we can ask. So my player of the game or player of the season so far is going to have to be Deva- Deontay Johnson. Uh, he leads the team with uh, 47 to- total, or I'm sorry, he's second on the team with 47 total uh, tackles. Uh, he's got three and a half tackles for loss. He doesn't have any sacks. He's got three pass breakups. He's got a fumble recovery, a forced fumble. <clears throat> and he does the little things that that aren't always shown in the stat line. Mm-hmm. He'll draw a double team, which will leave another guy, you know, clear up the A-gap. So I, I was going to pick Dallas Gant as my, as my defensive player of the year, and I think I, we should mention him leading the team with 64 tackles. Uh, you know, he's had a couple games where he's had 12 or 13, you know. Right. Yeah, I think Dallas Gant, you know, he should, he's way up there. He really is. But without the players that we just thrown out there, I don't think I, – I love Dallas, you know, hometown guy. Um, I, I grew up with the kid. But I just don't think without the other role players, he would be shining much as he is. And I think that's why the guys just named are really up there high. Yeah, I mean Dallas is a, is a, another guy. He's got a full year of eligibility left after this year, and I think, like we said, they complement each other. The linebackers and the offense or defensive line, <clears throat> excuse me, have had such a great such a great cohesiveness. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with Dallas next year after uh, we lose probably three guys to the NFL. You know, Dej, I don't know if Tejuan's going to go leave early, but Deontay Johnson. And uh, Jamal Hines definitely have a, a good shot at playing on Sundays. Yep. So we'll turn around now and go to our special teams players. Uh, nothing really stands out to me with the exception of Jack West Stewart on kick returns. Jack West has got eight for 155. He averages just over 19 yards a uh, return. 
no touchdowns. He's got a 48-yard long return this year. And again, you know, there's nothing crazy on, on special teams for me, but he does a solid job returning kicks. Yeah, one of the top returners uh, coming back this year from a year ago, a guy who was picked by many publications to be the top kickoff returner in the MAC. So, yeah, this is a guy who uh, knows how to get it and uh, bring it back. And, you know, like you said, stats aren't there, but definitely a, uh, a good guy to have that, you know, to be returning kicks. Absolutely. So my pick, and I'm going to go with a guy who was much maligned early on in the season, and that would be the pride of Oregon Clay High School, Thomas Clucky, number 17 on the field, number one in your heart. Now, the guy's not missed an extra point this year. Perfect, 35 of 35. He was He's 8 of 10 on field goals. And, of course, the, the miss against San Diego State really killed us. But you know what? If we could have stopped him on that last drive, we wouldn't have to worry about that missed kick. So uh, he's my player, uh, special teams player, the midway point so far. He's uh, been inside, you know, 20 to 29 yards. He's 2 of 2, 30 to 39, 2 of 3, and – 40 to 49, he's 4 or 5. His long this year is 45 yards. So, And this is a guy, too, who um, has 13 touchbacks, averages 60 and a half yards per kickoff. So, Thomas Clucky, congrats. You're my midway point special teams player of the year. I'm sure he's going to sleep better tonight. Uh, now, are these the Highland Appliance midway? Mid, I think it mid, is. Mid-season picks? Yeah, Highland Appliance, everything you've never expected from an appliance store. And more. Now it's – I think I know who Zach's going to pick. I, I think I do too. <laughs> yeah. so, so, like we said, our special teams haven't been um, too, too uh, outstanding. I mean, we've had some great returns, some great plays. But, I, you know, my boy, my Springfield boy, <laughs> Mr. here's the thing about Adam. I know he hasn't had any crazy punt returns yet, all right? He hasn't ran it for a tutty. But. If you watch the kid play, he's smart. He knows when to go for a ball, when to fair catch, when to let the ball go. And if you've noticed, he hasn't really fumbled a ball out and, you know, really messed up a punt. Too, too bad. I mean, he might have had one, but Adam Beal, punt returner, the kid's solid. Um, It's my boy. I got to give it to him. (laughs) I was going to say, when I I introduced you, I was going to say, let me guess, it it rhymes with Schmadam Seal. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I just I just think he honestly he's he makes the right he makes the right call and he'll, he'll catch that damn ball. He he's going to catch it. So I got to give it to my boy Beal in the backfield on the uh, on the punts. So, all right. You, you know, one thing I noticed when we were going through the stats of special teams players, uh, they have offense, defense and special teams. And then on special teams, they have the kickers, the returners, punt returners and the punter. They don't have any tackles listed on statistics. I'd love to see what the gunners are doing. You know, the right. guys the guys that are down and dirty, scrapping their way onto the team, trying to get better, trying to make that starting lineup uh, other than special teams. I'd love to see, you know, what kind of stats we can we could dig up on that. Maybe, maybe I'll make that a goal for the next podcast. Yeah. yeah put you to work. Yeah, see what see what the gunners are doing. See what see where the guys are getting down there and getting dirty and not getting all the all the all the pub. Yeah, I like it. All right, so with with those picks firmly in ensconced in the podcast lore. Oh, that's that a good sentence right there. We are gonna move on to the Buffalo Bulls this Saturday. 
Yes, it it should be a good one. Uh, Rockets go in five and two overall, three and zero oh in the MAC. Buffalo four and three overall, three and zero oh in Mid American Conference play. Now Buffalo terrible start to the season, losing three oh. straight games, including a big clunker to Holy Cross, uh, an FCS school, got beat by seven at home to them. But then they've reeled off four straight wins, and this is a hot team coming in. So I've heard rumors, Holy Cross, did they dress up in, in plaid skirts for, <laughs> for their games? I'm, I, I didn't know if they wore, wore kilts or, or what that was all about. I don't. Maybe they should. Yeah, I mean, they anyway, don't. Anyway, anyway I, do. I, I just had to get that little dig in. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're a podcast. We can say whatever the hell we want. That's right, goddammit. <laughs> so yeah, um looking at this, you know, this series, you know, Buffalo joined the Mac back in nineteen ninety-nine. They moved up from FCS. Back then it was one double A, now it's or it was one double A. So but the Rockets have had a tough time. They lead the overall series seven to five. Buffalo's won the last two meetings, most recently back in twenty nineteen. 49 to 30. And that was when we we're in the midst of our downfall after losing at Bowling Green and right. shit in the bed the rest of the way. But, uh, you know, we don't talk about that year. No, let's just wipe that out. It's fresh from the, fresh from the memory or fresh out of the memory. But yeah, so this is a team, uh, got the nation's leading tackler and Sean Dolak. Uh, actually he's, I'm sorry. He's second in the Mac with 73 tackles. Although you saw somewhere where he's leading the nation. He's leading the nation with 53 solo tackles. Ranks 12th in the nation with, with, with total tackles with 73. So this guy gets all over the field. Uh, his his linebacking mate James Patterson is six tackles shy of pay, of passing JJ Gibson for sixth in the program history and career tackles. So they got a pair of good linebackers, but as far as one guy taking charge of the field, it's definitely Sean Dolak. Uh, this this is a real interesting Buffalo team. I mean, like you said, they started off horrible. They they've made a rebound. They they've won three straight or four straight, but. This is a team that comes out and punches you in the mouth early, which we saw last week with Kent State. They've scored on their opening possession in five straight games and touchdown. It's been a touchdown in three of those games. But then again, they they turn around and button things up. They they have not allowed a fourth-quarter touchdown this season. Wow. So with Toledo being a great, you know, second-half team. Second-half or adjustment team. Yeah. You know that that could be a concern uh, going in. If if we get down early, and they button things up, that you know things could things could go awry. We I, everything I've seen says that Toledo wins a tight game. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, and hey, good news. Uh, Max and Hook, he was basically there was a bounty on his head against Central Michigan. Had concussion. He was out for a few games. He missed he missed that whole game except for the opening kickoff. Missed Northern. He missed Kent State. He'll be back this week. Looking at the depth chart, he is number one at safety. So good to have him back. A good kid, good parents, and uh, congrats. That's a big deal. I, for Hook to be back, God, he, he fires me up just seeing that hair out there running around. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um. But no, I I uh, I was just gonna touch a little bit on that Buffalo. You know, I I definitely think the Rockets. We struggle starting out strong. We do. It's it's a it's a fact. You can see it in all of our games. We played a couple of games strong um, to start. But man, and if they got one or two guys in that defense that think they're gonna make a huge difference the entire game, I would like to say it's gonna be different because 
man, you start smashing them in the mouth the way they smash other people in the mouth, I think some things are going to change it up. So I think we got to fire at them, put a bounty on their head, and and we got to we got to we got to fire it up, come out strong, come out ready to ready to have a bloodbath. In, in my opinion. <laughs> and, right. and not a, not the kind of bounty they put on Max and Hook. A, a good hard hitting legal, maybe that, right to the right to the over the edge. That, but that, come out. That was uh, unacceptable. I mean, double teamed on a kickoff or whatever it was, and I mean that was just unacceptable. That's yeah, exactly that's one of the shit. <clears throat> one of the things that Maxon's going to have to worry about this week is two of the uh, best wide receivers in the Mid American Conference in Quian Williams and Justin Marshall. Uh, are going to be lining up for the Bulls this Saturday. Uh, Williams has got 13 receptions, for, or I'm sorry, 36 receptions for 413 yards, four touchdowns. Marshall has 32 receptions for 471 and five TDs. So I think uh, each of them had a huge game against Coastal Carolina. They both had eight catches, uh, and that's the first time since 2015 any two players for Buffalo has had that kind of a game. So I think the the defensive backfield is going to have their hands full with this uh, with this offense, but again, we make great adjustments. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think we can, you know, if, if we somehow let some things slip through the cracks, this coaching staff has done a great job all season of cleaning up the mess and rallying the troops. You know, interesting. Go ahead, Zach. I'm sorry. I was just say we've been getting better on the play calls, man. I know we we said Candle needs to maybe take some different play calls. And I think I've been seeing it more and more. I think the play calls are getting better. So, like you said, adjustments. I think Candle's going to get those adjustments put into play, and I think we're going to see a good game. And kudos goes out to uh, Mike Hallett, the offensive line coach. This is a young offensive line missing the best two players until until recently when Berg got back in there. But um, he's really done a good job of coaching them up, and, uh, you know, the running game is coming. And yeah. and then you know with a fleet of foot quarterback like DQ, you know if he gets he gets chased down, he can tuck it up and go. Well, yeah, and I think that makes it hard on defenses too. You know, knowing what Finn can do with his feet, you know we don't run a lot a whole a whole lot of run RPOs, mm-hmm. run play options, run pass options rather. Um, so I think that makes the decision the the decision making in like linebackers' heads or safety's heads a little bit delayed. You know, do we do we go with DQ or do we look for the run? And I think that's one of the things that the offensive line cohesiveness has been been able to provide in the last three games. Those young kids coming together, you know, they're actually getting the job done and opening some holes for the running backs. So that creates a lot of doubt in in the defense's mind. You know, interesting here, last time the Rockets beat the Bulls was back in 2013 here in the Glass Bowl. Wow. Uh, the the Bulls had a guy by the name of Khalil Mack. Did he ever do anything after college? Uh, he might have played in NFL Europe. I'm not sure. No, he's Australia. Australia. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and now he's back in San Diego with former Toledo Rockets Storm Norton. So uh, he had a big game, actually, this past Monday. And, uh, yeah, so I can't believe it's been 10 years, almost 10 years yeah. since we've beaten Buffalo. And I remember that game, too, because Mack had a great game against Ohio State that year. And everybody's saying, oh, this guy's going to be a first-round draft pick, which he was top – was he five, fifth overall, maybe? I think so. He was up there. But anyway, he was like a non-factor in that game, as evidenced by that 51 points we put up on the board against him. There you go. 
So, uh, so yeah, is it prediction time? I think it's, I think we're down to prediction time. Let's go with the youngster and let him lead things off. Mr. Zachary Powhida. Looking at all the stats, you know, I think it's going to be low scoring, but not that low. I think, I think, um, Buffalo gets out to a lead early 14. Oh, I hate saying it, but I think that's what's going to happen. We're going to make some adjustments. I think the final score is going to be 24, 21 to Leo Rockets. I like it. I like it too. Has a nice ring to it, kid. I'm I'm going to say you know, something similar in there. I'll probably go Rockets 28-24. I like that too. 28-24. The spread on this game is seven and a half points. UT obviously favored by seven and a half. Um, I, I'm going a little bit more optimistic. I'm seeing a ten to fourteen point lead. I'm thinking we're going to continue our high scoring affair. I'm going to say thirty four to twenty. Oh, I think I like we'll, we'd be happy with any of those. As long as the Rockets come out on top. They come out on top, we're good. And and Kyle W. Smith, we're gonna go out on a limb today and get and get a prediction from you. EDO. That's all that's all we need to know. He's he, just keeping it vague as he keeps always it close does. to the vest, as that's they say. Right. We should start uh, writing up uh predictions for Kyle W. Smith. <laughs> yes. We'll make our own, make him look bad. <laughs> Well, Zach, hey, we appreciate you joining us live on tape from Louisville. Did although, I say that right? Although we don't use tape anymore. Yeah, live on digital. Live on digits. They yes. Around here. They might, <laughs> yeah, they might still have some blockbusters down there in Louisville. You never know. Our family video. It's uh, it's uh, it's an honor to be here. I'm just glad I could make it. Um, I'm down here on a business uh, convention slash meeting slash party slash the whole nine yards. It's been a great time. Um, it's a slash trip. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's different, but it's a great time. I'm just glad I could make the podcast tonight. Um, I know we, we are too. Um, All right, yeah. wait. Have have some uh, have some bourbon for us. I I will. I I've been drinking a lot of bourbon. I'm actually my my buddy's actually already left for the PBR bar. I'll end up uh, grabbing a new brow here after I eat. But um, get it get after it. Yeah, I just want to say um, go Rockets and. Uh, Thank you guys for sticking with me. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, happy brother. to have you. So on behalf of engineer, producer, extraordinary Kyle W. Smith, I'm Rocket Ryan Brandt. And I am Pat Jillick, a.k.a. P.J. Spiller. Oh, I'm Zach from the Mac. Uh, hi, we'll sign it off by saying T.O.L. E.D.O.